the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD and certification, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm both a master of the laws of taxation law and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observations, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. However, I also practice some related fields in my overall financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference points, that is to say, as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last nearly 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I was born into a military family and I grew up as a military brat, and I always will be one, and I also helped create another one with my former spouse who was also in the military, as such, I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families and our sometimes, <laughs> it appears mostly <laughs> less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And, you know, I've told you I was raised by a dad who gave back to this country big time via his military service, who informed me that I, too, had a duty to give back to my community and to our society and to our universe through some kind of service of my own choosing as partial payment back to the center of the universe for the gifts that God had given me. And on top of having a great father who was committed to helping steer me in the right direction as I was preparing to leave his nest, I had the great fortune to know and spend a lot of time with and then actually became great friends with both my maternal and paternal grandmothers, both of whom survived the four great economic challenges of the 20th century, that is to say the Great Depression, World War II, 
and the systemic racism and misogyny that I must admit that I confront on on an almost daily basis (laughs) through into our society today. And as these wonderful women helped raise me and always loved me and share with me stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South, it is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me in spirit, urging me on, along with my date, late dad, to do the right thing, that when the situation is right, through my current chosen form of service, that is to say, practicing and also speaking and writing about the law, I am sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of women and seniors and the disabled who find themselves the targets of and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of disabled adult and elder financial abuse that you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and more and more probably these days, the lack thereof or an insufficient amount thereof and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your families or your businesses, financial health, wealth, or money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives to to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help. I sincerely believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your assets. Now, those of you who out there in radio and podcast land who are regular listeners of this show know that for the last several weeks, I have attempted to give us an overview of Congress's taxing and spending and appropriations processes that are contained in our 236-year-old Constitution by reviewing some clauses, some sections in Article One that deals with Congress, and specifically Article One, Section Nine, Clause Seven, that deals with the fiscal appropriation process, which admonishes Congress. Basically, hey guys, you can't go and tap the Treasury for bucks unless you have conducted and completed the formal appropriations process. And by the way, because people are looking over your shoulders, you need to periodically prepare statements that the public can review on what you, how you receive the money and how you expend it. And you have to publish that from time to time. And I also went over a couple of more clauses and uh, an amendment um, that basically states in the positive, that is to say, it talks about the taxing process because, in effect, in order for Congress to appropriate funds, it had to have already collected them. And Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3 talks about what is required uh, to determine how you're going to uh, uh, appropriate the funds or that is to say allocate the funds uh, to us as taxpayers and um, using the census as that appropriation means. 
And, but there was such confusion about this process that ultimately um, Congress uh, passed the 16th Amendment and the president signed off on it to um, do away with the rule of apportionment. That is to say, individuals can be taxed individually based on their income. So again, why I was trying to bring all those distinct clauses together was to lay the foundation and hopefully entice those of you who are listening to me out there in radio and podcast land to get in touch with your elected members of Congress be she or she Republican or Democrat or independent and basically intellectually <laughs> and verbally with respect hammer them to take the following steps into consideration. They need to complete the appropriations process because it was scheduled to end today as I'm recording this show on Friday, November the 7th, and they got their act together and pushed it out forward. But you still need to, we still need to get in touch with them because there's an upcoming deadline again. Also, we need to have them focus on shoring up the Social Security Trust Fund because there's so many of us baby boomers and our younger si siblings coming of age to retire. And we were finding that our Social Security uh, fund is going to be insufficient to give us all a chance at having a decent living in our retirement. And also, we've been talking about a case that's going to really, if it's a case coming before the United States Supreme Court, that if they rule as anticipated, it will also hamper uh, our ability to raise sufficient taxes, not only for Social Security, but for running the government in general. And I, in as much as it looks like Congress has stepped back from the brink with the House passing a two-step uh, laddered uh, continuing resolution this past Wednesday that will keep the government funded uh, at the 2023 levels, and the Senate passed the same bill on Thursday, and President Biden signed it Today, Friday, November 17, 2023, here in the Bay Area, as, as he's out here in San Francisco for the Asian Pacific Economic uh, Cooperation uh, Summit. Think how ironic it is it would be for, you know, the president to be leading an economic <laughs> conference and our and our Congress can't get its act together. Basically, the bill that everybody signed off on extends funding until January 19th for veteran affairs, transportation, housing and urban development and the energy department, as well as for military construction and with the rest of the government being funded until February the 7th. So, again, that's why I'm telling you we need to focus on still communicating with Congress because January 19th is going to be here before you know it, followed closely by February the 2nd. So uh, I got to say, since I've been doing this show, I've gotten a lot of feedback and most of it has been very, very positive. In fact, I got um, some information from um, the Wharton School. It's uh, University of Pennsylvania Wharton School for Business. Business. They sent me some of their analysis for me to share with you, and it seemed to be um, right in line with what, what I presented, and that made me very, very proud, especially since they invited me to apply for a special uh, certificate program that they uh, make available to 
members who are going to be working for Congress on these particular uh, aspects. So they invited me to apply, although I'm not working um, for a member of Congress, they select people, I guess, to see if I was qualified to do so. So I I make the application and I'll let you know how, how that turns out. But the other thing that I've heard from you all is you think, too, that Congress has lost its mind, but you shared with me that you really don't know how to get in touch with your member of Congress or your senator. And so I think that's really a shame because I learned this stuff in my civics classes when I was in you know, elementary school, junior high and a high school. But I guess they don't teach this anymore. So I'm going to use the rest of today's show to help you reach out to your congressperson and tell you what you need to do to do so. But first, we're going to take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue our discussion of today's topic, that is to say, using the interconnection and interrelatedness of a few sections of our 236-year-old United States Constitution to lay the foundation and hopefully entice you folks out there in radio land and podcast land to get in touch with your elected members of Congress and hammer them, not, you know, physically, but through sound intellectual reasoning to have them take the following three steps to appropriately commence and complete the appropriations process such that our government will stay open past its new deadlines of January 19th of 2024 and then February uh, 2nd of 2024 when the current continuing resolutions expire. And then also focusing on shoring up our Social Security Trust Fund and also about more versus United States. Uh, Let them know that you know the implications of that. You know, since airing these series of shows on the constitutional frameworks of our taxing and spending and appropriation process and urging all of us to reach out to our various members of Congress, extolling them to do what they need to do, the right thing to keep our government open. I've heard from so many of you um, asking how you go about contacting your members of Congress and your senators. Again, as I've shared with you on some of our past shows, I'm really surprised at the number of you, especially you young folks, um, that are not being taught this in school. But then again, I've also heard that courses in civics aren't being taught in many school districts. And that's just a shame. How are we going to participate in our government if we don't understand how to reach out to the people that we've elected to run things for us? in the best interest of all of us. You know, other if we don't know how to do this, regular folks like you and me, you know, how are we going to be able to instill in our elected officials that they need to get up off their butts and do what they need to do to run our government? I'm using that phrase, God, I don't know if you saw... Um, on television, how a senator um, was like doing a throwdown to a, a leader of a union. He told him, get up off his butt. And I said, oh, my God. Anyway, trash talk. That's what they do real well. But, you know, we need to entice them to do all of the things that we require to keep our government functioning. So 
to that end, that is to say, those of you who are inquiring about how to reach out to your member of Congress, there are two websites that you need to commit to memory or at least write them down or, you know, know how to Google them. They are house.gov forward slash representatives. And that's where you can locate a list of all our congresspersons, either alphabetically by state and then in numerical order by the district within the state that they represent. Or you can find the representatives' names listed in alphabetical order. But in those instances, you have to know who your representative is or in which district you live. There's another way you can sort on this same website, and that is if you don't know who for sure who your member of Congress is, there's a place where you can insert your zip code and then it'll the, the, the system will feed back who your representative is and how you can get in touch with them either by phone or by by email. OK, and the other website that you need to commit to memory is Senate.gov forward slash senators and This will generate a list of senators in alphabetical order, then indicate the states that they represent. So all of us live in a state, unless you're living in a territory. And so if you know your state, you could find your senator uh, because there's two of them, again, for the 50 states. Now, you know, we have other territories and some of the territories have representatives, members of Congress who cannot vote, uh, but they're members of committees, Uh, but senators, two senators for each state. Okay, so let's use Selwyn, this fictional character Selwyn as a guinea pig to find out who represents her in Congress. So let's go first to, I want to find my representative and that's house.gov. And if that what will pop up is the United States House of Representatives. And I have it keyed off of representatives and it's a directory of the representatives. And it starts with Alabama, goes from the first to their seventh um, districts. And it lists off the name of the uh, representative, the member of Congress. And you get their information about whether they're their party affiliation Uh, their phone number, and the committees that they're assigned to, because that's something important in case you have a specific issue that you want your member of Congress to help you with. So I put in my zip code, and my representative is Barbara Lee, or Lee Barbara. She's a Democrat. I have her phone number here. And also what's important is her committee assignment. She's on the appropriations committee and the budget committee. Hmm. Very, very interesting. And so if you want to enforce or reinforce to uh, Representative Lee that Congress needs to get up off its butt and get this appropriation and budget process done, likely person. Now, I know Representative Lee and have known her since she became a member of Congress and know that she is voting the right way on these bills. But say I lived in, uh, just scroll down here, I lived in Florida. And let's just pick a 
the 11th district, there's somebody named Daniel Webster, who's a Republican, and he is on the Natural Resources, Transportation and Infrastructure, Science, Space and Technology. So he's on three committees. So maybe he or does or does not know that, you know, we really want our government to stay open. So this is a valuable place to find your representative to know what committees they're on and be able to contact them. When you click on their names, it'll take you to their website and they will explain to you what you need to do to contact them via email. And some of them have forms that you can uh, populate and it'll go right to them. Some of them have pre-screening mechanisms to make sure that you are really in part in their district. So I'm just sharing this information with you since some of you say you don't know how to get in touch with your uh, member of Congress. Again, for the House of Representatives, go to the website house.gov, and it'll take you directly to the United States House of Representatives. And there's several ways for you to find out who your representative is and reach out to them. Now, the other website that I want to share with you is how to find your senators. And again, if you live in a state, you have two senators. If you're like in uh, Samoa or or American Samoa, you don't have a senator, but you do have a member of Congress. So for those of us who live in states, uh, like I live in California, we're using Selwyn as our guinea pig. Selwyn knows who her um, senators are. Uh, One of them is, and I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly, because it's it's L-A-P-H-O-N-Z-A, LaFonza. Butler, she's the newest member of the Senate because she was appointed by Governor Newsom to continue the term or complete the term of the late, great Senator Dianne Feinstein, who recently passed. And so Ms. Butler, uh, I, I go and I can click on her name and it takes me to her website and gives me information about she has three. No, she has five offices. She has an office in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Fresno, San Diego, and an office in Washington, D.C. with each of the phone numbers. And I could find out um, about her. And uh, let's go find out about her. Senator LaFonza Butler is a trailblazer fighting for the American worker, the fundamental freedoms of all people and the future of our our next generation deserves. Now, I got to tell you that we in California are extremely lucky uh, because Ms. Butler, as well as our other senator, Alex Padilla, Both of them sit on the Judiciary Committee. And that's crucial to somebody like me because I practice bankruptcy law. And if I might have a problem with uh, the way maybe a court or um, uh, the Department of Justice is handling these issues, I can go directly to these senators and ask them for assistance in addition to asking uh, Barbara Lee to help me if I'm having a constituency issue related to how I'm dealing with a department of of government. So I'm just sharing that briefly, that brief overview with you all 
uh, because it's so important that if we're going to hammer our elected officials, we know how to get in touch with them. And please be courteous, kind and respectful when you reach out to them, because that gets a lot more done than you than screaming or acting a fool, quite frankly. So we're going to leave it there for now. But as always, in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including access to and utilizing the tools of our primary law via our Constitution that has provided us to help us be informed and knowledgeable participants in the proper functioning of our first branch of government, Congress. Congress is the House and the Senate and holding the members of each house accountable for timely and acting our budget and doing the things we need to do as a country. So till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.